What is good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Bird Flock Podcast. We have another returning guest this week, the starting center for your Grey Cup champ, Montreal Alouettes, Justin Lawrence. Justin, how are we feeling? Hey, man, I'm feeling good. Um, gonna end the season any better, so you know I'm riding this hot streak while I can. Yeah, we uh, we spoke to your quarterback a few days ago, and the first question we asked him was. How has has life changed over the last you know few months for you? I guess it's not much since you know this is the huge in the off season for you now. You just win championships, <laughs> hang out for a few months, then get back to work. But um, how has the off season been since uh, you know being champ? Uh, it's been good, man. Like you said, it's it's always a lot better when you head into the off season and you go, you, you just won the Grey Cup because I feel like you truly get to enjoy the off season. It's not that like. Most, you know, when you kind of have a losing season, you get beat out, say, in the playoffs or if you don't even make it. Um, it's kind of like that little bit of, like, grieving period. We're like, ah, damn, like, so close. Um, so, you know, winning it and handing the offseason is so great. You know, you, you go back home and you get to celebrate with friends and family. And um, it's just really cool to be a part of, you know, talking about and reliving the moments. So um, it's been awesome, though. But just being back in general, getting getting kind of the, the offseason started has been Really fun, you know, I miss being around my family and my friends. Um, as much as I love being in Montreal, spending with the fans and with my teammates, it's it's always nice to be home. For sure, for sure, I feel you. And then another huge part of your offseason came right after the Great Cup when uh, when you got engaged to your longtime girlfriend. Was that was that uh, contingent on the win? Did you think you had to win for her to say yes, or was that happening either way? <laughs> I, no, it wasn't contingent on the win, but um, winning definitely <laughs> helped make it a lot more special. I know I was talking with her after I, I, I think um, her and her sister definitely really thought I was going to do it um, during a game probably. And I was just like, you know, I can't, I feel like it's bad juju to go into a game and uh, know I'm going to propose. Cause if you, you know, if you lose it, I just don't know if I could do it, honestly. <laughs> um, so yeah, definitely again, propo or proposing was uh, a lot better after winning it. Cause like you said, I went to the off season real happy and um, it only really happened. Like, I think like a week and a half after we um, won it. So um, yeah, it was definitely special. Yeah, you, you touched on it. Dawson touched on it. You just keep winning these things, man. And, and there's three teams and three rings. Um, you said it's all, it's always sweet, but do they get sweeter every time you win or what? They really do. And, like, honestly, the, the cool part about it is, like, each one kind of tells their own story. And that's the, the that's the thing that's so unique about it. Like, to be honest with you, I, I feel like this whole year in Montreal was a little bit of a fairy tale. Um, from the start of the year, you know, um, signing here. Um, honestly, I wouldn't sign with any team. And I think when I talked to you guys, I, I signed knowing that it was a promising team and there was a lot of really solid pieces here. Um, and I wouldn't sign with the team unless they, um, you know, they had those pieces around. So, you know, coming in and, you know, seeing honestly the level of disrespect from, you know, some of the people in the league, you know, ranking us as the ninth ranked team um, in the preseason, just really... You know, the story of, you know, Moss, Fajardo, all those guys who were kind of outcast the team and stuff like that, to come in, man, and go through the adversity. You know, we really we, – we, we played the season. Honestly, we I think we had one win over a team that was over 500. Um, and, you know, adding some of those key pieces at the end of the year and hitting the stride that we did and how close our locker room got. Like, I've never been a part of a team that was as close as we were. And, it, it, like, so, so cool and so unique to be a part of. You know, so, so to go on the stretch that we did and the big win, uh, the big win in Toronto there, um, carry that momentum right into the Grey Cup and to have as close of a game as it was and, um, you know, to basically score that touchdown from uh, Cody to uh, Phil Pop with 11 seconds left, man. 
Hey, what a year. So honestly, every every single year is special. And I don't take it for granted because like you said, man, it's it's an unbelievable feeling to win a great cup. So and they, they each have their own stories. It's not like they get mixed together. Yeah, and you you just touched on the stretch and, and how it was. And and you guys right before that stretch you went on when Sankey said, you know, we're not we're not gonna lose again. You guys, I think it was right before you had dropped those four in a row and everyone was kind of panicking or whatever. Um, being a guy that had just come off a great cup win and and had been there multiple times, how much were you relied on in the room to, you know, carry the team and, and get them back there? Yeah. Well, I, I feel like I carry like an energy when, when I go to a team. And honestly, that's something I try to pride myself on is I, I feel like I'm like, I, I love the grind, but at the end of the day, and I think why I fit so well into this locker room is I love the grind, but I also love to enjoy the people around me. And um, I think what I kind of carried into the, into especially our O-line room and our locker room in general um, was just someone who, you know, very even keel most of the time. I try not to get too worked up over a situation um, so, you know, I, like you said, we were going through those winning streaks or those losing streaks, the winning streaks, everything throughout the year. And, you know, I think the biggest thing I kind of brought to the team was just like, you know, being through the, that position before and just being like, all right, all we got to do is every time I talk to the guys after the, the, win, uh, the losing streak we were on, I was just like, man, all we got to do is hit our stride at the end of the year and we'll be perfectly good. Like we were, we were, we stepped on our own, we stepped on our own foot so many times. Um, in games where we lost last minute and I was just like you know we cleaned up some of this little stuff like we're going to be an elite team and you know that we turned out to be that way so I feel like like you said just keeping it even kill and just be like all right like we're so close we just got to punch through that wall and um, really hammer this thing home yeah 100 percent. I think for a lot of fans and, and Shane and I in particular the big turning point of the season was you know bringing in Sean Lemon bringing in Darnell Sankey they obviously had a huge impact on everything um, being on the other side of the ball as you, it's kind of a two-part question. A, uh, I know you play center, so you're not really matching up against either of them much, but how much harder did practice get once they, uh, once they showed up and did you actually feel that energy that they brought from the other side of the ball? Like, did it make its way through the whole team? Yeah, it definitely did. And I, I feel like the first impact on it, like, and the cool thing about it is I've played both, with both those guys before in Calgary. Um, I spent a year with Sankey and a year with, um, Lemon. So getting to know those guys, like from day one, when they stepped into the locker room, it was just, uh, you know, the vibe they bring in, the, you know, just their character. Um, knowing Sankey, you know, Sankey's a very outspoken guy who's always had a positive outlook on things. Lemon coming in, like Lemon comes in with such a, such a wide range of experience with different teams, winning cultures and stuff like that. So I feel like they made an impact right away from day one when they locked in the locker room. And then once we got on the practice field, like you said, I, I, I never, nece didn't necessarily get to take much reps against Lemon, um, but you see the energy he carries in practice, the way he goes about it. And, you know, it's it's some of the little details of, you know, anytime he was going against some of our tackles, he'd be like, all right, like I, he knows who that tackle is going up against that week. So he's giving those guys, he's giving the tackles the looks that they're going to get um, while expending his, uh, his arsenal of moves, which is really cool. And then, you know, practicing against a guy like Sankey, you definitely see the level of, talent that he has man and there's a reason why he's um obviously he'd played a full season i'm pretty sure he probably would have led the league in tackles but um why he's led the league before in tackles because he's just a savvy player knows how to shed blocks and reads the plays really well so um you definitely notice it right on the field right away and also in the locker room yeah i think and you could also say throughout the year the o-line was the group that i would say personally improved the most um i think heading into week you know one three one two three four 
there was a lot of talk about, you know, the struggles of protecting the quarterback, things like that. As a former O-line, I was like, okay, that's bullshit. Like, whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, but for you, did it take you guys, do you feel like it took you guys a little time to, to gel together um, that, you know, snuck its way into the regular season? Or was it just a matter of, you know, getting your foot in just in general to start the year? Yeah, you know, I, I think anytime you got new pieces in an offense, like you said, like it's a it's new playbook, um, new quarterback. For me, coming into O-line, a new player, um, like it, it just takes a little bit of time to, you know, work things out and get used to everything. So I feel like the early on in the year, it was just – I was kind of going through some growing pains, honestly. And, you know, it, it's one of those things. That's kind of, you know, the beauty part about football is, you know, you got, for us, 21 weeks to get better, right? And the thing is, like, we went into it and, you know, Moss did a great job of taking a lot of the pressure off us those early weeks because, like you said, the media was kind of pretty hot after the O-line and um, Cody and, you know, all the things that followed and that. So Moss, like – we like he's always been so good about that he always has our back but you know he really he really showed us that you know he was going to take the fall for us let us improve and figure out some of the stuff and um definitely I, I thought by the end of the year and we we really kind of figured it out really started to get super close as a group and um you know that that's the beautiful part about it is once everyone starts to gel it you know it's really kind of a smooth operating machine yeah 100 yeah, and i think oh sorry go ahead jen no, no, no all right ahead. i just want to talk about uh, obviously the the coach of your unit and LBJ and he's obviously been there before in Montreal and everything. Uh, how much did his experience help you guys to gel over over the long season? Yeah, it definitely helped. Anyone who's met Luke before knows how great of a guy this guy is. He is hilarious. Like absolutely, like everyone knows the legacy. And you know, I I hadn't really quite realized that until I got to Montreal. I'd heard stories about Luke and you know how well respected he was, of course. Um, but being around him. And the amount of people that come up to him and, and just look up to this guy and the legacy he left as a player um, was super cool to be around. But I can kind of see why. Honestly, like, you, you know, you spend a whole year with those guys in the in the, the meeting room. And the cool thing about it is Luke's about getting business done, but he's also about making sure, like, we're as close as possible and we're, like, really appreciating the friendship we have in that O-line room. Because, like you said, we we work hard, but we have a good time doing it um so being around Luke was awesome man and for me as a center coming into that situation um being coached by that guy who just you know freshly retired really cool for me because I learned a lot of stuff this year that kind of helped me along the way as well yeah and I think it looks like based on you know we, we said it to Cody but uh Danny Machocha has basically been working 24-hour shifts here re-signing guys and bringing all the yes. boys back but uh it, it looks like for the for the most part the you know, starting group with the exception of maybe a, a guy or two is is coming back for the 2024 season. How exciting is that for you to be able to run it back with these guys that you obviously, like you said before, built such a huge, great relationship with? It's, dude, it, it's so exciting. And honestly, that was, you know, for me, even to get the extension done this year, it was like kind of a no-brainer for me. You know, a lot of those key pieces, the guys that like I got to be around and really see why it was a winning locker room. Because like you said, you can, you can have this talent have players as possible but if you don't have the culture and the characters in the room you're never going to be able to do it so to see so many of the key pieces from that team that just won resign and want to be there for you know the next couple of years to see what we can do um it was kind of a no-brainer for me to come back and so you know seeing those guys and for me like this would be my first time returning to the same locker room in pretty much two years um so i'm super excited about that because i've like probably the first year i've really built 
a genuine connection with pretty much every single person on the team. Um, and that's, like you said, that's a, that's a courtesy of coach Mosser and everything he implements into a new team. But shit, I was, you know, talking to guys at the end of the year and I'd go up to a defensive back and t- uh, basically talk to him. Like he's my best friend. Like you said, talk to him as if he's an old lineman, you know, usually your old linemen are super close and that's just kind of a God given thing. Um, but for me, I could go up to a wide receiver, a DB, a D lineman, a linebacker, and be able to have a real conversation with those guys and know a lot about them. So, um, I'm looking so forward to this year, man, and getting back to camp and being around those guys is going to be so much fun. Yeah, the guy sitting next to you and playing next to you kind of the whole year and, and will probably be again this whole year, uh, Christian Matt, he finally did it. He finally got his great cup. Uh, I think there was a lot of speculation yep. he was going to retire or whatever. I'm sure you talked to him a bunch. Was there any surprise to you that he came back for, for a year? I think it's, what, 15 not, not at all, man. Um, you know, I, I think everyone, like, at the start of the year when Christian was coming in was kind of like, oh, you know, maybe it's his last year. Like, he's been around for a long time. And I think he honestly thought that way, too. But once we kind of got rolling, like, honestly, man, this guy plays like he's 26 years old. It's it's crazy to see. Um, but sometimes, you know, we're in there watching film, watching games, watching practices, and this guy's doing stuff that, you know, you just don't see from every other person. And, you know, I, I always joke about it with him. I'm like, damn, man, you really, you really moving like a young buck out there. Like, I, I thought you were supposed to be one of the older guys. Um, <laughs> and, like, you know, for him, too, like, he dressed every single game this year. Um, and to do that at his age, man, like, I knew he had some in the tank because um, I feel like football is one of those things you kind of gradually get pushed out if, you're, um, if your body's not letting you. But, man, his body let him. And, uh, like I said, it's, it, I was so happy to see him sign back because – as good as he is on the football field, he's a hell of a locker room presence and great for the O-line room. So about as good of a vet as you can ever have. Yeah, that leaned into my next question is, is how much did he help you get used to, to coming into Montreal and him being here, obviously, throughout his whole career and, and being from here? How much did he help you off the field, not just on the field? Yeah, he helped me a lot. The, you know, I kind of got to know Christian a little bit during camp. You know, you kind of figuring stuff out and getting to know the guys a little bit. But, you know, once we got into the regular season, we got, you know, set up at um, Olympic Stadium there. Me and Christian ended up sitting beside each other in our whole line room. So I got to know him super well. And the nice thing about it is he's, like, you meet some guys, and like, there's so many different characters, but you, a lot of times I know, especially back in the day a little bit, you'd come in and usually vets would be very, very petty towards, like, younger guys and stuff like that or new new players. But, man, like, came in from day one, and this guy was just so welcoming and just so open to trying stuff because, you know, for I know for a fact, for a guy that's played as long as him, you get used to certain things and different players. And because, like you said, um, not every single person he plays besides is the exact same. Like, I'm not going to be the same as that other three centers he might have played with, right? So, you know, for him to, you know, be able to get used to me and, like, how I go about things, he was so easily adapted to it. And, honestly, it made my life a lot easier because – you know, if I ever had questions, I just asked him, and he, he was quick to answer and help me out in any way he can. So, um, like I said, honestly, the perfect bet, and like you said, he would have been a great guy. Like I'm, I'm excited for the young guys that to get to come into camp and be around him because can't really ask for much better as a young guy coming in to uh, learn from an example like that. Yeah, I'm sure there was also a lot of you know off the field stuff of just getting used to the city of Montreal that he was able to to kind of guide you along with. But um, no secret, O line like to eat, O line like to go out for some big meals. What was what was some of the the special moments off the field in the restaurant? Whether it's after the Great Cup, I saw you guys ate a poutine out of the Great Cup a few t- a few times. Uh, what what was that like? What was the any, anything that stood out really throughout the year? 
Yeah, the food culture was amazing in Montreal. Honestly, the hardest part for me, and it's a little bit of a, a kick in the butt for me to learn some more French, but um, it was such a such a big transition, you know, going to the city of Montreal because I was right downtown. And although, like, everyone spoke English, so it was really easy for me on that side, going into a new restaurant or a new fast food place was, like, super difficult because the, the menus are in French. So I'm sitting there with my phone. I got the Google Translate app out. I'm, like, literally trying to translate stuff, figure stuff out. Um, so that was a big transition. But, man, throughout the year, I got some great recommendations, um, got some good food spots. By the end of the year, we were going to the – I think it's Brass Door on um, – oh, what's that? Uh, Rue uh, not Mackay. Um, uh, I forget what it is. Uh, what's the bump and tree on St. Cats there um, with all the food spots? Uh, I've been there for a little bit. I'm... Let me see. Um, oh, oh, it's on Crescent. Crescent, Crescent. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, we we found a wing spot on Crescent. I think it was a brass door. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, we, you know, we started out beginning of the year. There was, like, a couple of us going for wings, like, three or four of us. And then by the end of the year, every single Wednesday, we had, like, a group of, like, 20, 25 guys going. Um, so that was, you know, really cool part was, like, we built this, like, culture. We all just went and got wings together, and, you know, just a random bunch of guys just sort of, like, getting together. And so that was pretty cool. The, the food culture was good, and people took really good care of us all the time, which was super nice. Who on the O-Link put back the most wings at once? In one sitting, man, I'm gonna. That's a great question. Honestly, I think it's a two person competition. I think it would probably be between Jamar and Nick Allen two tackles. I knew it. Uh, it, it. Like I feel like you expect it because from Jamar, because Jamar's so big. He's eight feet tall, yeah. But like Nick, Nick's got that like sneaky like he's like way like he's way heavier than he looks. Like just carries it so well. But the dude's an absolute monster. So I feel like. Between those two, I kind of want to, like, honestly, I, I'm not going to put Jamar down, but I think Nick's got the edge. I just feel like Nick's, like, a like a sleepy good eater. So, um, I feel like he can put some wings back. Yo, I, I talked to, like, Jamar last week, and he, he said he said, he said he loves the food in Montreal, and I know him and Dawson talk about restaurants all the time. So, if ever you need more recommendations, you might have to ask Jamar for some more recommendations as well. Yeah, well, for sure, man. Like, honestly, that was the thing I tried to – um, I had a list from even like you guys. I messaged you a couple of times and tried out some of the food spots um, as much as I could within the within the area. So I'm um, always looking for food recommendations in Montreal because, like I said, I know there's some hidden gems. Yeah, it's definitely spots all over the place. But um, I want to talk, throw it back a little bit. Last year, I uh, think on our first time we met, the first episode we had, pretty sure you said you wanted to finish your career out here in Montreal. At the parade, I heard you saying that again. You came out, you signed your extension. You got it done rather quickly, aside from the Grey Cup, obviously. What about how Montreal uh, made you want to sign that extension real quickly? You know, you go into a place and you can really tell if somewhere could, like, just feels like home. Um, And like you said, part of it was, you know, getting here, Getting in, just like you said, we spent the we spent our train cap in Trois Rivières. So getting there and getting to meet the guys mostly is just like the locker room. I really fell in love with right away, which was good. Went into the season, and then once I got to you know finally start to experience Montreal game days, um, being around some of the fans, um, the post game field sessions where everyone's out there. Um, it was just like, dude, it was it was so special to me. Like just seeing the support we had, and um, I think what really brought it home and. Honestly, like why I was so passionate about talking about it on the parade was, you know, 
that, that that's still incredible to me. You know, we we ran, won the Grey Cup on Sunday night. Um, we held the parade Wednesday afternoon, I think at like noon or something like that. Um, it snowed that morning. Um, wasn't really the nicest to begin. And like we we stepped out, got on the floats, and started driving. And it's like just see the amount of people that were out there supporting us. And like like it's still so cool to me. You know, I remember looking back at the the buses that were following us, and you just see like a swarm of people as far as the eye can see. No streets showing, just people walking. Um, and then, you know, to get on stage and see everyone there. And, like, to me, that just really rings home, like, how much they really care about us and how much they care about, you know, the winning culture, which I think everyone wants. Um, so, to me, it's like, it, it's one of those things. I've been looking for a home where, you know, I can call, you know, for the rest of my career, hopefully. That's the that's the thing I want, and that's what I always talked about with um, Danny and uh, Jason Moss. Like, I, I you know, I want to find a home, and I want to find a place where, you know, people will accept me and, you know, we can really make something special. And um, hopefully, like I said, I, the extension was a big part of me m committing to that and being a part of this uh, process. Um, but like I said, everyone's been so great to me out in Montreal and been treated so very well. And like, honestly, it makes sense for me to stay here and no reason to ever leave. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah. So now, so now that we talked about how great the fans are, I'm definitely clipping that. We're going to use that for, for free agency episodes and stuff. Free agency is right around the corner. Obviously, no matter how hard you try, no team's always going to be the same year in, year out. Um, obviously, a bunch yep. of your big names are obviously running it back. I think it was yesterday, big news came out. Unfortunately, one of the biggest names is not coming back. But um, Cody said to us last week that, that Danny Mack has, has kind of approached him about signing different free agents and, and how he feels about them. So have you started putting on your recruiting hat yet and, and talking to free agency, free agent guys that you kind of know, trying to bring them over to Montreal? Yeah, absolutely. I will. And honestly, like the cool thing about it, man, is like when, when I think like, you know, some of the videos of us like preparing for the Grey Cup and some of the videos of us playing pickleball in the locker room, you know, honestly, it's not even as much about us pushing it anymore. It's like, you know, guys are just seeing the videos of that stuff. And I think people are really starting to like realize that like, we have something special this year and like we built something special this year. Um, so I think a lot of guys are seeing that and they're, you know, they, they want to be a part of that because um, so many of these guys have been in different locker rooms, um, no matter what level it is, youth sport, division one, anything like that. And they know a winning locker room when they see one. Um, and I, I think a lot of his people just seen that and be like, man, you know, that looks like a lot of fun to be a part of. So, you know, if they ever say that, like I said, I've had guys messaging me be like, man, like how was it in Montreal? I'm like, I'll tell you my honest truth. Like, honestly, anyone who is, I'm one of those guys. I'm no bullshit guy. I'll really tell you how it is. Like, I, like I've enjoyed it from day one. And like I said, it's probably one, been one of the most special years in terms of, like, I wake up every morning. I look forward to going to the field, um, shooting the shit with the guys, getting to work, and then having fun afterwards, man, until we got to go home. So um, it's really special in that sense. And I think people are really going to buy into that. I love it. I love it. Justin, we don't want to keep you any longer. You've been... Awesome. Obviously, second time on the show, and I'm sure it won't be the last with that new extension. Uh, we said it to Cody, but the uh, the combination of the offseason interviews might be the the secret sauce to locking in a great cup. So we can't break that tradition. Yeah, now. Absolutely. But um, before we end off here, any any words for the the fans of Montreal that are listening right now? Um, biggest thing is, like, honestly, like I said, I appreciate you guys and appreciate all the support uh, from the fans um, at the end of the day. It's such a special atmosphere, man. Every single game we go to, 
fans cheering right over top of us. And like you said, we we had an up and down year, but I feel like the fans were ride and die with us all year. And um, honestly, to us as players, it means the most to us. And we're going to keep doing our most and working hard to make sure we can repeat this and bring a couple more championships to Montreal. So like I said, I appreciate Montreal fans and um, especially for bringing me into your guys' culture and accepting me for who I am. Absolutely. My last message is go buy your tickets for the season opener. I don't know if you could buy your individual tickets yet, but we need a sellout. Reveal the banner. Uh, can't wait for that day. But uh, Shaner, any final words here? Oh, man. Once again, thanks for hopping on. Like Dawson said, it's definitely not going to be the last time. Definitely won't be the last time we're talking to you, buddy. I appreciate it. No, I better not be boys. Um, It's always <laughs> a pleasure chatting with you guys. You guys are great dudes and appreciate what you guys do too. Awesome. Thanks, Justin. Appreciate it, man.